The college football season is over, but postseason bowl games are starting to rev up. We have Mitch Wolf with us on today's show to talk all about Boston College players in those bowls. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. Happy Friday, everyone. And if you live up in the Northeast, good luck. It sounds like it's going to be a humongous snowstorm to hit uh, the Massachusetts and and some of the uh, coastal areas over the weekend. Now, we're going to talk about the, the, I was going to call it the Pro Bowl, but the Senior Bowl with Mitch Wolf. But before we get into this, I actually just realized, I believe this is the one-year anniversary of Mitch being on this podcast. Mitch, how you doing? I was thinking about that too, actually. I was like, oh, we're getting to be about the time where the first time I came on. So that's pretty exciting. About one year ago today, you came onto the podcast and talked all about the senior bowl. So let's, let's, uh, let's flip it and reverse it and talk a little bit about the senior bowl. Uh, You're heading down there to, to watch some of this. Let's give me some some of your thoughts. What are you thinking about BC players? I know Zion's in that. And is there another player in the senior bowl? Oh, that's it. Uh, Zion's the only one, which was pretty surprising. Uh, I thought Alec Lindstrom would make it, uh, but he's going to the East West Shrine Bowl, which is in Las Vegas this year, which that's traditionally been the kind of like second uh, secondary tier bowl uh, for these all-star uh, showcases, but they've made a big effort to kind of up the quality of their players. So I think he's a big part of that. Um, and they've got some interesting prospects there too this year. Um, but Brandon Sebastian will be at the Shrine game as well. Um, and I would have tried to go because there were more BC players, but you know, going to Vegas is a little more expensive than going to Mobile, Alabama, if you can believe it. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, Zion's going to be there. He's the only BC player, like we said. Um, there's been some talk that they're going to give him some work at center. They try to give the prospects um, a lot of experience working with uh, different positions just to try to show the NFL coaching staffs uh, all they can do. Um, I think they gave Hunter Long some work at fullback last year, even though that wasn't really going to be a uh, long-term thing, but, you know, it's kind of just interesting to see how much they like to um, move people around, but uh, he's, I've been hearing a lot of good things about him from in just kind of the draft Twitter space. He's kind of even just, you know, there hasn't really been a lot of things happening, but he's been kind of creeping up into that first round range, been appearing at the end of the first round and a few more mock drafts I've seen recently. So that's pretty exciting. Now, Zion, it, do you project him just to be a Goddard center or do you think he could actually play tackle in the NFL too? I would be very surprised if he would play tackle. I think, you know, there's only a few tackles that are, you know, six, three or around that height. Uh, Kelvin Beecham, he's one of the tackles for the Arizona Cardinals. He's been in the league a long time, but it's very rare. And I'm not, I'm not sure if his, usually the biggest thing for um, guards and tackles is arm length. And traditionally the cutoff is about 34 inches. And you know, these aren't rules. They're just guidelines to quote Pirates of the Caribbean. But, you know, it, it's, he's, was like we said, we've seen, he's like fine at tackle, but you just know that he's going to be a really good player at guard. And that's, uh, that was the discussion with Zach Martin of uh, many years ago when he was coming out kind of the same deal with Quentin Nelson, like they'd be pretty good at tackle, but they'll be dominant at guard. And I think that's what a lot of people think about Zion. So many recruiting heads know what the senior bowl is. They follow it. They, they know about the, the, the week and planning of the week. Can you kind of just give a lowdown, like a, a reader's digest guide to people who don't know what the senior bowl week entails? 
Sure. So the senior bowl is basically just, it's a college all-star game. Um, but it's the, the game is at the end of the week, but the game really doesn't matter. Honestly, like everybody in mobile that are like part of the NFL or the teams or in the media, everybody leaves usually on Friday or Saturday morning. Cause the game doesn't really matter because it's, it's kind of like the pro bowl and that it's not like they're, the guys are trying, but they're not, you know, going all the way hundred percent. Cause nobody wants to get hurt, obviously. And there are certain rules. Like, you know, you can only run certain plays. You can't really blitz. You have to play a certain defense. So the game doesn't matter that much really. Uh, but it's all about the practices during the week uh, where, uh, coaching staffs are working with the players, you know, teaching them certain things. Then you're watching. And it's really good for guys from like smaller schools. Like last year, Quinn Minerts, who was a third round pick of the Denver Broncos. He was, he played at uh, division three, Wisconsin whitewater, which is a powerhouse in that level of football, but, and he was an awesome player, but you're kind of like, okay, well, can he play against the best of, you know, the FBS and those kind of players? And he dominated in mobile. So that's, you know, and then he was a, he's played a good bit for the Broncos this year and he's, you know, showed himself as an NFL player. So it's really important for those smaller school guys to show that they can compete with NFL level talent. And then it's, you know, it's also really important for quarterbacks just because you see a lot of guys perform well in mobile and they can really raise their stock. Um, but, you know, throughout the week, so for example, Zion will be on the national team, which is working with the New York Jets coaching staff, uh, which would be really interesting because they're a very, you know, they're kind of, their offense is uh, delineated from that Shanahan tree where they're running a very diverse, very complex running game. And I think that's something Zion will be able to really excel in because he's obviously a very smart player. He's been in uh, a number of different offenses during his time in college. So he should be able to succeed at uh, most of the stuff they're going to ask him to do this week. Okay. And so you mentioned that the Jets coaching staff, so Robert Salah is their head coach. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's the Lions that are coaching the other. Yeah. And it's really annoying because the, so the Jets are coaching the national team and the Lions are coaching the American team, which is the inverse of the conferences they're in, which mm-hmm. they do that. They've done that the last few years and it's just very annoying because uh, just kind of keep the teams and who's coaching them straight. But that's an aside. <laughs> so non Zion Johnson, um, put John, Zion Johnson aside for a second here. What other players are as you head down to Mobile are you excited to see? Um, I'll start with the uh, with his team, the national team. And uh, I mean, for the last few years, like they've gotten really good at getting quarterbacks in. So this is one of the stronger quarterback classes that Mobile's seen in a while. So you've got Sam Howell, who, you know, struggled this year because of uh, a lack of talent around him. You got Kenny Pickett, who was in the Heisman finalist. You got Desmond Ritter, who led Cincinnati to the college football champion uh, playoff. And you've got uh, Bailey Zappi, who rewrote the record books in terms of passings. And then, you know, just a bunch of really good quarterbacks on the national team. Uh, the tight end group is extremely stacked. You've got Jeremy Rucker, Trey McBride from Colorado state, who was an all American in his one year or in his few years with Steve Adazio, uh, Charlie Kohler, another tight end who was really a successful player. Uh, one guy who will be lining up possibly next to Zion Johnson is Daniel Alele, who is an offensive tackle from Minnesota who comes in at six foot nine, 380 pounds. And he was born in Australia and moved here to play IMG. And he's just a massive tackle. So it'll be fun to see him working with Zion on the offensive line. All right. And in a moment, Mitch and I are going to talk about some of the other postseason bowl games. Mitch is going to talk about some of the other BC players to watch for and some of the names that he might be watching for in these other games. Hey, Eagles fans, this is AJ Black with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Just use promo code SCORE for college for $0.25 per gallon or more in just your first fill up. All cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get that cash back using SCORE. 
for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime in your bank account, PayPal or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. You can check my work out there. You can check Mitch's work out there as well. We've been covering a lot of stuff. We're hitting recruiting season really hard. Uh, this weekend, Boston College has a, uh, a sorry, not transfer, class of 2022 uh, Western Kentucky commit, Robert Harris, who's checking out BC. Uh, he is from Coral Gables, Florida, and he gets to check out what could be up to two feet of snow up in the Boston area. So that's going to be a nice uh, culture shock for him. Uh, but he's it, it's interesting before Mitch gets into uh, some of the other bull games. I expected after Halfley's comments at the end of the season that they would be much more active with this late signing period. And they really haven't been there as I, I I've only been able to to monitor about six offers and like three of them weren't are already committed to elsewhere. BC's really kind of taking this one slow. So uh, just keep, keep an eye on that. I have an interview with Robert Harris coming up soon. So hopefully we'll get to hear more about what he thought and you can check all that out at bcbulletin.com. All right, Mitch, we talked about the senior bowl. What are the bowl games are out there uh, during this postseason uh, period? So I already mentioned the Shrine Bowl, which is the one in Las Vegas where Alec Lindstrom and uh, Brandon Sebastian will be. They'll both be competing on the East squad, which, you know, makes sense. BC is one of the most Eastern programs in the country that competes in FBS. Uh, And like I said, you know, they've really increased the quality of their players. Another uh, Boston College connection will be there. EJ Perry, who uh, recently graduated from Brown, will be playing there as well, uh, who was at BC for one or two years and played in the Clemson game in 2018. And he's gotten some buzz actually as a late round pick quarterback, uh, which is kind of fun to see from a guy who used to be with Boston college. Yeah. I mean, someone, I know a lot of local fans were really hoping to see him uh, get a chance here at BC and he just never did and ended up playing for, I believe his uncle at Brown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Uh, correct. So you, you look at Alec Lindstrom and right now he I've seen anywhere from second to third round uh, for him, probably the second center off the board. Is that where you're seeing him? Yeah, it's it. There's a big and this is no slight to Alec, but it's a big drop off after Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa, who was a consensus All-American player who's an awesome prospect. Um, but there, yeah, it's a kind of a thin center class after that. There's him, then there's Alec. And then even after that, it's pretty there's a pretty big drop off to the next group of guys. Um, so that's kind of why I was surprised that Alec didn't get the invite to the senior bowl because of the uh, thin nature of the class there. But, you know, if he performs well at the Shrine Bowl, and again, it's kind of the same structure as uh, as the senior bowl. You have a week of practices working with NFL coaching staffs, and then you have the game at the end of the week, you know, and the, the quality of players is probably still a little less. But, you know, if he performs really well, he could kind of he could solidify himself as a top 100 pick. And that's kind of still where I expect him to go. Uh, For some reason, the NFL still doesn't really value drafting the center position highly, which surprises me given how valuable it can be. So, you know, given that Alec is a little bit undersized, um, he's not the most dominant run blocker. I could, I could see him falling into day three, but you know, he's kind of right on that fringe around in the top 100, I would say. And then there's the NFL PA bowl. Now I haven't heard of this bowl until I saw a couple of BC players (laughs) listed to it. Is this new? This has actually been around for a pretty long time. Okay. Um, well, not as long as the senior in Shrine Bowl, but uh, it, of the 
you know, definitely lower tier stuff. This one has actually uh, been around for a while. They've gotten a decent amount of good players there, but uh, that's where Trey Barry is. And this game is played in LA. I believe it's played in the Rose bowl or the LA Memorial Coliseum, one of the two, uh, but Trey Barry's there. And uh, I haven't, I've been trying to get some updates from there, but haven't got anything concrete yet, but they did give his measurements, which was, they're really impressive. He was listed at six, six. Uh, and that's the notation of that is six, zero, six, zero. And those four numbers equate to basically the first two digits are the feet. And then the second two digits are the inches and then the number of eighths. So 6060 is six feet flat. If he were 6045, he'd be six foot, four inches and five eighths. So if you see those numbers, that's what they mean. Okay. Uh, 242 pounds, which is solid 10 inch hands, which is great for a receiver 36 inch arms, which is awesome. And then an 85 and a half inch wingspan, which is crazy. So you know, Tr- Barry's had a, obviously had a bit of a rocky year with injuries, missing a good amount of time. When he was on the field, he was great. And, you know, he definitely looked the part, just a matter of staying healthy. So, you know, if he can show that he can at least be a competent blocker and then also be a threat in the receiving game, I think that this time at the Shrine, at the uh, NFLPA Bowl will be really valuable for him in terms of locking himself into becoming a draft pick this spring. Yeah, he was an interesting one um, that kind of just – I know that they were trying to get him into for another year at BC. I don't know if he was on it, but um, I would, I would, you know, Halfley had mentioned that he was trying to work his magic and it just didn't happen. So it, it'll be interesting to see where he goes given his medical history, but those stats that kind of pop off the, off the charts, Mitch, any like names or anything of these other two bowls that you're interested to see or our thoughts on it? Um, I might've mentioned it earlier or in another podcast, but there isn't one more and it's the Hula Bowl, which was played in Orlando this year because of COVID travel stuff. But Ben Petrula was there and he came in at 6047. So six, four and seven eighths, 318 pounds, 10 inch hands, 33 and seven, eight inch arms, and then 80 and a half inch wingspan. So again, we talked about how, you know, 34 inches is kind of that traditional cutoff point for guards and tackles. And Petrula's right, right on the cutoff there. Got a good wingspan at 80 and a half inches. So I, I still think that his future in the NFL is at guard, but, you know, he does have that versatility to really play any position along the line. So, you know, Petrula kind of, uh, he didn't really kind of take the next step this last year to becoming like a truly consistently dominant player in all aspects of the game. But, you know, teams will see that he's extremely experienced. He's very smart. And they'll be like, all right, like we need a guy who can, you know, come in. And if, if somebody gets hurt, he can step into the lineup and there won't be a huge drop off. And I think he could probably be that guy. And you could see him ending up as a day three pick. All right, Mitch. So we'll we'll be sure to see some of your your thoughts up on the site or on Twitter. So where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I actually just published my. Uh, watch list for the American squad on aroundtheblocknetwork.com. And then I'll be posting my watch list for the national team uh, probably either today or tomorrow. Uh, So, you know, those will be some names to keep an eye on for both teams. Uh, But yeah, I mean, this is one of the most, most exciting weeks in college in uh, like the draft cycle. So make sure you're following me on Twitter uh, for updates about Zion Johnson and just other cool stuff that's happening in Mobile. All right, Mitch, well, enjoy your trip down to Alabama in a moment. We're going to talk about all the news that's going on with Boston College Sports. You're going to want to check all that out. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar because it's 100% covered in chocolate. Why eat those other protein bars that taste waxy, chocolate, chalk, chalky, or just even gross? Built Bars are delicious, and you're going to want to eat them 
because they have just covered chocolate and they're good. And some of them have some of the flavors that you're gonna check out on Built Bar are some of the ones that really stand out, like coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. Built.com also has a long um, history of great specialty flavors that come out all the time. So check out Built.com. And when you're over there, make sure to use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Thank you all for listening. And if you've made Locked On Boston College your first listen every morning, I want to thank each and every one of you. We are now over 310 episodes, and we wouldn't be doing this if you weren't listening. So thank you, thank you for making us part of your daily routine. Now, if you're looking for some news from the past week, uh, or uh, news from Thursday, excuse me, the big news was BC women's basketball had their game against ranked Georgia Tech and it did not go well for the Women Eagles as they got crushed by Georgia Tech, 67-48. I apologize, 68-49. Um, and it was, you know, when you go into this game knowing that Georgia Tech has a very good defense, you saw a lot of that in this one. Um, we'll give you more breakdowns of these games later on. Uh, this just, just this game just ended as I was recording this, but not a not a good outcome. Now they they had to head to South Bend on Sunday. Two o'clock start. Hopefully they get to avoid all the weather. But they're going to go to South Bend for a rematch with Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame before. Be a good chance to get a second win for BC. Now, on Saturday, men's basketball will be taking on Pitt in a rematch of two teams in the bottom of the conference in a game where Boston College would desperately like a nice win to try to stay out of the basement. But Pitt is playing exceptionally well. Now, I'm not going to get too much into this game because I'm not even sure it's going to happen because it's on Saturday at noon in the midst of a major uh, blizzard. So my guess, and it hasn't been announced yet, but I, I'm guessing this game is going to be postponed till Sunday and they'll have the game once the snow has cleared up. But if you remember the last time these two teams played, John Bigley had uh, a monster game. I think he had like 30 plus points, like 18 rebounds. You know, James Carnick and, and Quinton Post have had good games of, of late. They're going to need a big one because, and this will be a great game to showcase how Earl Grant is adjusting this offense because and this defense because they cannot let Bigley just basically run them out of the, the 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 building again. They need to shut him down. If they shut him down, they could win in this game. So be good to watch to see how BC adjusts to defending that big man because it's one of the best big men they play uh, up to this point. Now, in terms of men's hockey, this weekend the men play Maine on Friday night in Orono. I mean, it doesn't get much more of a must-win game for BC than this. Boston College is currently 8th in the conference, and Maine is 11th. You're not going to get a much uh, a, a weaker opponent than Maine. And you're on the road, so this is a game they have to win. And as we've said before, the goalie and goaltending has to improve. Uh, they let up way too many goals over the last two weeks. I, I, I remember I was talking, two of the last three games they had allowed, uh, uh, I think it was like 15 points. 17 total, but there was two games where they let up eight, one they let up seven. They got to play better than this. They're not going to win many games if they do that. But it's only a one-game week uh, series because on Tuesday they play Harvard, and then they start to get ready for the Bean Pot. You know, the Bean Pot opening round is against um, Northeastern on the seventh, so that's coming up. But I mean, BC BC men's hockey is playing really rough right now. And finally, a little recruiting nugget for you. Chase Besantis, a 
offensive tackle, a four-star, one of the best recruits Boston College is offering so far in the 2023 recruiting class, releases top 15, and Boston College is in that list. Now, yes, I know it's top 15. Who cares, right? But here's his other top 15 schools. LSU, West Virginia, Michigan State, Miami, Ohio State, Kentucky, Alabama, Clemson, Texas A&M, Michigan, Notre Dame, Texas, Penn State, and Rutgers, along with BC. Two of these schools are not like the others. Well, Besantis has been on campus. He just visited Rutgers last weekend. Um, I don't know if BC has a chance with him. He's a New Jersey guy, so maybe Halfley can pull some of that New Jersey magic, but he's one to watch. And I just want to give you that quick nugget. If you like recruiting news, I am all over it at bcbulletin.com, so make sure to check out the work there. And over at Marine and Gold Forums, for premium members, I have all sorts of updates that you're going to want to check out as well. Thank you all for listening. If you have not done so already, if you're listening on Apple iTunes, give us a five-star rating. It really does help our podcast get seen by more listeners. And if you have done so already, I want to thank you for doing that. We're also on YouTube. Check us out there. And thank you all for listening. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC or at LockedOnBC for the podcast. And we'll see you all again on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone, and everyone up north. Stay safe in this blizzard, man. Take care.